Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Cross-Tracks Case Management System, that is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with Crosstracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that their encryption system is second to none. And you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that, and they have. So you know with certainty your data is being protected. I don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 Type 2 certification. As you guys know, I've been uh, you know singing the praises of Crosstracks, and uh, I really believe in this product, and I believe you should check it out. Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. Welcome to today's episode of PI Perspectives. OSINT guru Eddie Ajeb returns to the show to talk about research trends. Eddie was our third guest in 2019, and a lot has changed since his last appearance. Let's check in with the guys and get the show started. Please welcome Eddie Ajeb and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. I uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and you're uh, still digesting all that uh, good food that you've had. So uh, we, we've got some extra things to chew on today. We're talking OSINT. Uh, I asked one of the original guests of the show to come back on and just kind of give us an update. So uh, Ed uh, Ajab is here. So Eddie, how are you? Good, good. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Yeah, last time we were just audio only. So uh, today we, we have the pleasure of doing video, which is pretty awesome. That's right. Yeah, one of the uh, inaugural uh, episodes of uh, of the podcast. So I'm uh, I'm honored to be back. Yeah, I think we were actually uh, in Michigan, right? Did we record that one in Michigan? That's right. Yeah, it was the uh, MCPI conference in uh, 2019. Right. So thankful not to have to lug all that gear around anymore. <laughs> it was kind of cool, but it was kind of a pain too for sound. You know, just just not being able to get that that good sound, but. Um, yeah, it was great, man. So uh, you have uh, Nighthawk Strategies. That's your business, and uh, you're kind of known as one of the the up and comers, the the 
Uh, can we still say that? I don't know. You've been around for a while. <laughs> I I know. I've gotten a few gray hairs over the last couple of years. <laughs> a couple pounds, a couple of gray hairs. You know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> my, my beard was much darker when I started doing this stuff. <laughs> what, what have you been up to? This year, uh, 2021 marks five years in business. Um, so it's interesting that uh, it's interesting you bring that up because when I first started my uh, business in 2015, uh, or excuse me, 2016, uh, five years ago, um, I was just beginning to get into OSINT and learning what OSINT was. And I didn't at that time consider myself a private investigator. But of course, over the years, um, just based on different projects I was getting, different clients I was meeting, different conferences I was going to, it really sort of evolved into uh, the professional investigation industry. So uh, that's where I am at today. Um, just hit five years. So I'm very happy about that and uh, very happy about uh, some of the uh, goals and objectives I have set up for the next uh, next year. Yeah, welcome to the club, man. You're, really, you're like a real PI now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think I get a ring at this point. Thank you. There you go. Or something. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Right. Um, that's awesome, man. And you know, one of your strengths have, has always been research. Um, I, I actually have tapped on you for several projects. Um, you know, I have a great staff, a great you know team that does great work, but there are times where. You know, I feel like I want to tap into a different resource and you're one of my go-to guys uh, to, to do that. And, and uh, you know, it's been great. I mean, we, we haven't always hit home runs, but at least we've, we've gotten due diligence, which is just good, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so that that's awesome. And, and you were um, just starting to get into the speaking circuit as well, right? You were out and about talking at conferences uh, before the bottom fell out, all that stuff, right? That's right. Yeah. 2019 was kind of my uh, launch year when it came to uh, public speaking and and uh, and doing trainings at various conferences. Um, <clears throat> so I, I had quit, hit quite a number of conferences in the 2019 uh, circuit. And then when COVID hit and everything shifted to virtual, um, believe it or not, there was actually more because it allowed some associations and smaller organizations to host uh, Zoom-based uh, meetups, whereas they couldn't or, or did not have as many frequent meetups as before. So uh, I'm, I'm actually very uh, grateful that the investigation industry kept the training and education going uh, throughout the last 18, 19 months or so and, and did it virtually and did it any way we could so that we can still share resources because right. we were not only living in a, uh, a very... Um, uh, upheavaled environment with COVID, but we are also living in a very uh, a time of uh, intense change when it came to investigation techniques mm -hmm. and uh, whether you're whether you're doing surveillance or whether you're doing OSINT, it was a, it was a big uh, shift for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things that we're going to get into and, and really sink our teeth into in a little bit, uh, just the kind of changes and things of of how the industry has shifted and and forecasting potentially where it's going. Um, you know, that, that real turn to OSIN and, and doing research differently, that I, I think COVID and the shutdown really forced us to embrace that, you know, and it forced a lot of uh, associations that maybe weren't too crazy about doing Zoom or, or you know, doing that training um, by saying, okay, well, we can't get together and network, like we have to offer something to our members uh and uh you know offering those zoom things it's like okay who's out there well call that uh, eddie ajab kid everybody knows he knows about <laughs> so um you were definitely one of the go-to's i know i had spoken at a, at a couple of events as well uh virtual events and <laughs> i think most of them i spoke at you were there too so which is cool yeah <laughs> 
So uh, yeah, you we're we're everywhere. We've got the entire uh, yes. speaking circuit down, and uh, but yeah, it's 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 great to be part of these things and and really you know keep in touch and share and and continue to to uh, be a community when we can't be uh, in person. Yeah, what's nice is now is there there's that hybrid thing going on. So when we all figured out that doing these virtual meetings really isn't too difficult, um, that, uh, you know, maybe we can keep it around, still go back to doing live stuff, which there's been a bunch, definitely not as many. And, and there've been a couple hiccups where events have been planned and then been canceled and rescheduled. And uh, there was just one recently, I was supposed to go in February for Kansas to go talk to their association. They just postponed it. So, uh, there'll be no barbecue for me (laughs) (laughs) or in February. Um, it is what it is, but no, that's cool. So let's talk about some of the things that you you've noticed then, um, in doing, you know, that open source investigative research, uh, in the past year or 18, 19 months, what, what kind of shift did you notice in doing your research? Yeah, so I've noticed a couple of things. Uh, obviously, first that uh, with people spending fewer, uh, people spending a lot less time uh, in person and communicating with each other uh, in person, um, people took their communications online. So where they couldn't uh, get together in groups or get together to have conversations in person, a lot of the interaction was <clears throat> was happening online. People were spending more time on their devices, more time in front of screens and more time uh, <clears throat> sharing and posting uh, and, uh, and blogging and, and resharing other content. So what that meant for uh, OSINT investigators is that now the volume of information that we have uh, available or potentially available has, has increased. Right. Um, but we, what we also noticed during COVID um, or during the last year or two was that uh, given a lot of the um, political events that have happened over the last couple of years, the I didn't notice this is social, something going politics, on. <laughs> uh, 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 social issues, different things like that, where um, it it really uh, shined a a light on a lot of people's um, ideology in many different ways, uh, their political stances. Whereas you know that was always there. That's certainly always been a present part of especially social media investigations, but definitely now. It just the the intensity of the events that have happened over the last year, COVID, and then all of the other event, uh, uh, events that have happened in the country, have uh, really brought out a lot of opinions of people that they have shared on social media, and has really brought out a lot of uh, uh, different observations that you can make of people that you're uh, investigating. Yeah, I'm sure that that's opened up some uh, some avenues. Um... And, uh, you know, as these new sites pop up and there, there are tons, especially the social media sites. I mean, it seems like every other week there's, there's something new coming out and then, then there's a, a teaching by scope now on how, <laughs> how to get around in it, which is pretty awesome too. Shout out to those guys. Uh, they're amazing. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you know, being able to stay on top of that stuff, it, it can be overwhelming as well too. Right. So not having a good methodology, on how to do all this stuff is uh, can can be a problem for you, right? So, um, what are some of the the things that you do when you're you're digging into something? Um, you know, you have this assignment that that comes in where you're trying to get some records, let's say, um, on um, on something that happened. Uh, how, how would you approach that? Um, well, the, the first part is to uh, kind of take a step back and draw up an investigative plan. So, if you're looking at something where 
uh, you know, th think about the question being asked and what sorts of resources are available to answer that question. So if it's a case uh, involving um, some type of records or wanting to know what happened, especially if it's involving a public utility, a resource, uh, an accident, um, starting, starting to think along the lines of what government agencies could you uh, typically FOIL or FOIA for that information. Um, and then on the other hand, when you have uh, an, an investigation that you think the information would most likely, the best information would most likely come from social media or direct sources, make an investigation plan of uh, of seeking out and finding the social media sites that that person might be using and a plan for uh, archiving uh, and saving that information for your investigation. So it's really about taking a, a first taking a 30,000 foot view um, of what you got, of what the question being asked is, uh, so that you can create a proper strategy and know where to go. And that way you have a, uh, uh, hopefully a, a, a really good investigative report, a product, uh, as well as a, a, a methodology of everywhere that you've checked. So uh, I know one of the, um, one of the, the problems or one of the mistakes I think um, investigators make, and it's not even something that's intentional. I mean, you probably don't even know or, or, or um, can't, can't figure out, haven't really thought about it, but I think pricing a job properly, right? How many hours um, is this job really going to take? Right. And I think a lot of times, like it's a balance, right? We want, we want our clients to say yes, and you have to do the search. We don't want to like overcharge, like not overcharge, but overprice it where uh, it, it just becomes distasteful to them. They can't swallow it. Um, but we also don't want to work for free too. So that's, a, it's a difficult balance in doing that. How do you approach that? Yeah, I think uh, it, it definitely comes with experience as to knowing how long something may take. I think when you encounter something, it's important to take a, you know, a quick preliminary look um, at what you're up against. Is the person you're investigating have a very common name? Is it a John Smith? Obviously, those cases are 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 very difficult and will, will be much more time consuming, even though you might be going through the same hoops as someone with a very uncommon name like mine. <laughs> so it's important to know that sort of the the variable criteria that go into um, pricing your investigations um, uh, appropriately. Yeah. Um, another thing is, is to really get down to, if budget is a concern for the client, is to get down to the real core question of what they want. So a lot of times we get requests that are as uh, very open-ended, like find out everything you can about this guy or do a background check on this guy, when really what they just want to know is, does he have any violent criminal offenses. Right. And so that may be a much more tailored, much more specific inquiry than having to go through all different kinds of different records and social media when the person is seeking a, a, a question, an answer to a very specific question. So to work with your client to figure out what would be the most valuable bang for their buck um, so that you can, you can tailor the investigation that way. Absolutely. And, you know, being able to ask those questions, right? So the assignment comes in, uh, it it shouldn't be a reply email uh, received and then start the work, right? There should always be a, almost like a consultation, right? What's your goal here? What are you trying to prove? What's your angle here? Um, I, I think those types of questions can really help you price it, you know, correctly uh, coming back. And I think one of the things that uh, that's also successful too, and, and I know you and I have this on the, the work that we do together, is we'll reach a certain level 
uh, and I'll be like, okay, here's where I'm at with budget. Um, I feel like there's probably some more here we could do. Go back to your client and see if you can get some more money, right? And those are easy conversations to have with my clients. I mean, it's, it's been in my experience anyways, is that, hey, this is where we're at. You know, this is what we have so far. But we think there's more, you know, can you approve more budget? And that, that usually tends to work. Um, sometimes you come back and say, hey, we've gone through the budget and haven't found anything. We can keep looking. Do you want to spend a little more money? Those are, those are a little more difficult. Um, but but being able to have those conversations, and I think it's something that's, that's also important is never apologize for your rate and what you charge, right? Uh, we are professionals. Um, you know, we, anybody can have access to a database, but if you don't know what you're looking at, um, you know, there's a certain skill to it, um, which is why certain times I will reach out to Nighthawk, right? I'll, I'll reach out to you and say, Hey man, like we've gotten this far on it, but I think, you know, a fresh set of eyes, a different approach here. Uh, can you take a stab at it? And, uh, you know, you've come and you've come back and you've hit, you've hit stuff, which is, uh, which means I'll come back. client. <laughs> like, so, um, that's all good stuff. Uh, but you know, I really, I, I wanted to mention that cause I feel like, you know, so many times I've talked to investigators and they're just like, oh man, I, I told them it was going to take two hours, but this, I, I sat there for like four or five hours and I feel bad. I don't want to charge them more and, and all that. Like, what do you do? It's like, okay, so, you know, you're, you're affecting your bottom line here. You need to price this job correctly. Right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I wish I could give, give, remember to who to give credit to for saying this, but, uh, it, it is, it is possible to, um, you know, price yourself out of business. And it's important to be competitive, have competitive rates, but also realizing that you're providing a, a professional service that is uh, 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 ideally going to be worth more to the client in the long run than what they pay for it. So that's why, the, that's why they pay for the services. And it's an important to keep in mind that, um, uh, that uh, you have a, a uh, overhead to support that you um, don't want the, uh, the, your pricing to affect your bottom line. But um, it, it does take some practice and does take some experience to know. Um, but I like the idea that you mentioned. I do that as well as to break a project up into milestones or into phases. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, uh, let's throw a couple hours at it and see what we find. And we can come back and regroup with an update as to uh, what we found, what we didn't find, and what we think we can find if we if we keep going further. So that might be a another. Uh, I like that way that you suggested to uh, to approach it that way. Yeah, it's just it, I feel like it it works better that way. I mean, we're all human beings, right? We all uh, have expectations, and and like the communication. I, I guess is the point I'm making, right? You, you got to communicate with your client. You got to really indicate when you've hit in certain points, and and you got to understand, like especially in my avenue with the the personal injury stuff, like those attorneys, they have clients, like they're the person who's injured is, is their client and they want answers and they may be calling and hounding their client. Where, where's an update? What's going on with this case? Where, where are we with this? Right. I get those emails all the time. Like, you know, clients up my butt, where are we with this stuff? And I'm just like, Hey man, research is research. And if now, if I got to start turning the screws on my researchers, guess what? It's going to be no hit. Right. Because they're going to, they're not going to take their time and go through and do what they need to do. Like let the process unfold, let the person do their job. You're hiring us to do a certain uh, research. Like let us do that research. Don't say, don't rush and don't say, Hey, we, you know, this got to be done by a certain amount of time. Well, listen, there's reasonable expectation that you're going to, you know, it'll be done in a timely manner, but sometimes things take time and they, they got to understand that. 
We're going to take a break real quick. And when we come back, I want to steer back into OSIN and just talk about uh, some more OSINT type stuff. And then, you know, obviously uh, we want to talk about uh, what's what's in the future, hopefully. So everybody sit tight. Uh, we're going to uh, take a break here for a couple of words and we'll be right back. I want to talk to everybody today about scopenow.com. Scopenow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time. And I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers. And it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information. I think it's one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts so you have uh, particular people that you're looking at you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off it's really uh, really amazing and their relationship and association analytics are uh, top-notch really uh, cutting edge and really really cool when they brought that out on version 3 it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Don't let asset investigations become a hassle for you. Let the professionals at J.T. Palmer & Associates, Inc. get you the information you need. We are a team of research specialists dedicated to providing you the intelligence that you're unable to locate through public databases. We have national and international resources available to provide accurate results to assist you in your asset investigations and in a timely manner. We work tirelessly to uncover exactly what collectible assets someone has. Whether you're investigating a business or an individual, our dedicated research team employs a range of techniques to bring the investigation to a conclusion. All information developed over the course of these searches is obtained in an ethical, legal, honest, professional manner. When you need asset investigations done right, turn to J.T. Palmer & Associates. You can contact our team by visiting our website at jtpalmerassociates.com or call 800-808-0078. Get a look at the latest issue of PI Magazine, Robert Freed and Dr. Henry Lee Grace to Cover, available online or via hard copy. 
And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. We are with Eddie Ajab today from Nighthawk Strategies. Eddie, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, so uh, we're talking things OSINT. We're talking uh, billing OSINT. We're talking about doing research and uh, just digging into uh, the last year or so, what the, it's looked like doing um, doing that type of uh, research. So, um, you know, obviously we've talked about the... Um, the push of folks being online and and more of our life seems to be going that way. I think one of the other interesting things too is that uh, cash is like phasing out. <laughs> Everyone's using credit cards or Venmo or you know these different uh, pay apps, Zelle, uh, and uh, these are creating uh, research opportunities. As uh, you know, the the dollar bill ain't the dollar bill anymore. What what have you been seeing? Yeah, that's definitely true. Now you have uh, people can pay each other through Facebook and through uh, uh, there's, there's even more apps out now than they were a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but one of the more popular ones that, uh, that I use uh, occasionally in investigations is Venmo. And that's because Venmo is both a uh, it's definitely a peer to peer payment system. Uh, but it's it's also kind of like a social media platform where people can you can't you know, post necessarily, but you can see a transaction feed uh, between individuals. So the way the Venmo uh, app works is um, person A will pay person B $10 for um, whatever item, maybe they're paying them back for lunch. Um, And then if um, that person chooses to, they can put in a description of what the payment is for. And if either one of the, um, uh, parties has a uh, open, uh, they have their privacy settings set to public and they have an open account. Uh, anybody with a computer or the Venmo app can go in and look at that transaction history. So what this means for investigators, of course, is if you're looking into uh, an individual um, and they may not have a lot of social media, uh, they do have a lot of other social media, definitely look into uh, their Venmo accounts. There are tens of millions of people using this app. Yeah. So it's likely that they may have a Venmo account and it's possible that they their Venmo account may be um, open to the public. It may, be, it may not have the privacy settings that restrict who can see the activity. So I think that could be a, uh, a valuable tool for investigators to see who is uh, associating with who, where they may be traveling, going, hanging out, um, which all, all can be a, additional information used to to, uh, to develop a report on a person. Oh, absolutely! And uh, you know, the default setting when you when you set an account is to have it open like that. So you physically have to go in and, and click off that you want privacy on it. So you know, let's say you you've got a case where uh, someone's got an injury and they're not supposed to be doing anything strenuous, but you see a you know a $200 transaction for skydiving, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that's a red flag right there. Um, or somebody's off the beaten path, they've uh, you know kind of disappeared and you're trying to locate them. Um, they're off the grid, but they're paying rent on a, via Venmo to somebody and now you've got uh, a transaction for a person uh, that that uh, you know for rent, they you reverse search that person to see what properties they own, and uh, you've got some good leads on where to possibly find that particular person. So uh, it's it's definitely interesting stuff. 
Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and as you brought up a good point too, is that uh, yeah, typically if, if you're investigating someone who's trying to hide uh, the typically the people who they are with or they're friends with are not also trying to hide, hopefully not. Um, but in, in that case, you can really, uh, as, 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 as you know, uh, Matt, as an investigator, and I think a lot of other investigators know, is that you um, you can track people down through their associates. Through it's always the boyfriend or the girlfriend or the the sp- the, the mother, father, <laughs> sibling. Um, so Venmo is just another avenue there where you can check out um, who's in someone's inner circle and who uh, who you can um, you know uh, leverage there from an investigation standpoint or an OSINT standpoint to gather more information on your subject. Yeah. I mean, and, and what's interesting is these tools all come and go to, right? So um, some are really good for a time and then they stop working or, or you know, they, they change the privacy settings on it. They're like that kind of stuff happens all the time, which is why you got to, you know, stay on top of this stuff and really read those articles, attend those conferences and, and learn um, what the latest uh, things that are out there. Again, I go back to Scope Now and their webinars. Um, you know, they, I think they do a really good job. Uh, for tackling those issues of, uh, hey, what's trending right now? And let's talk about it as far as uh, investigative tools. What can we do? What can't we do? And, um, you know, what's the forecast for the uh, for the next coming uh, coming time? I feel like I'm doing commercial for those guys. <laughs> I got to call Rob. You got to give me money. <laughs> so that's cool. So what are some of the other things that you've uh, seen come up the this past year? Um, I think one definite uh, de- thing that's definitely interesting and uh, just a- another um, hat tip to, to scope now is they've also done a great job of keeping investigators uh, updated on these tools is all of the new social media sites that have kind of come out over the last couple of years um, that um, that you know, really were formed in the interest of, uh, of having a free speech platform. Right. Um, you know, you have Gab, you have Clubhouse, like all these different, these apps that came out, which really kind of um, were different from the other apps in the way that some of them you had to be invited to. Um, some of them were uh, audio only. It's like having a, a little ham radio <laughs> social media platform. And it really is different from the typical OSINT investigation that we do with the big big, uh, bigger social media sites and Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and Instagram, where we're searching by keyword. In some of these other platforms, um, there's built-in anonymity, especially like the ubiquitous Facebook. Uh, They're still very important for investigations, and they can really be a good source of information because people are a little less guarded about what they'll put on those sites that are more, they're claiming to promote free speech. So people will share a little bit more there and not have to worry about censorship, not having to worry about what other people with their friends are are going to say in return. Uh, so I think that's something that that really has come up in the last year or two um, that, that could be valuable to investigators and OSINT uh, experts and is definitely become be going to become a, a bigger portion um, of OSINT in the years to come. Right. So what are some of the things that uh, sunsetted some of the searches or different things that in the past year or two that, that uh, you're sad to see that you can no longer use? Yeah, the big one I would say was uh, the, the the 2019, the June 2019 heartbreak of, uh, of Facebook. <laughs> right. And I think this was, this was probably the, uh, 
the uh, the the off switch that was heard around the world. <laughs> really um, and for investigators who who don't know, but a couple of years ago in in uh, in 2019, um, Facebook disabled a lot of its former graph searching. So basically, you used to be able to not only investigate a person's Facebook page, like what they posted on their page, but you could also see comments that they left on posts on other people's pages. And there was some quick, very easy URL trick that you would do to be able to see this information. Now, Facebook got rid of that functionality and, and, and a lot of other things with it, um, where investigators could see, you know, photos that other people took of that person and tagged them. And so it really allowed you to stretch beyond just loading up that person's uh, page and scrolling down to the bottom and and then and then that was it. So that was one thing we were sad to see uh, go away. Um, another uh, uh, more recent one was uh, Venmo. Um, I kind of feel like they heard me <laughs> last year talk about this because Venmo this year changed their privacy settings and has been a, they have been a little bit more um, uh, with with people who use Venmo, they've definitely been alerting people how to change their privacy settings to private, um, changing the default settings or moving things uh, off of a public platform. So it's become a little trickier to use, but a lot of that information is still there. As you know, a lot of people don't 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 mess with their uh, privacy settings, so many of them have left it the same way. Um, but but uh, those are a couple that have uh, since changed and have allowed folks to um, adjust their privacy settings and. A lot of this, where it's coming from, is uh, when we see features taken away as investigators, when we see different avenues and methodologies taken away, um, we definitely we definitely see it as somewhat of a correlation with a uh, public demand for more privacy. We hear a lot of time about data breaches and data privacy and what's happening to my data and who has my data. So as these conversations uh, happen, we do see a little bit of a of a percussion wave, so to speak, in the sense that social media platforms don't want to be the next uh, next ones to uh, to be part of some data breach or data scandal. So they're they're putting more keys in the hands of their users to turn off certain things. But uh, as as uh, investigators, it's it's uh, we have a, a duty to do the best we can with the resources that we have. Um, but those are just some sort of things to uh, to watch out for. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to Michael Bazell's podcast the other day, the OSINT uh, security podcast that he has. And um, he was talking about, uh, he doesn't like talking about different searches and researches that he does. The ones that he really likes, he doesn't talk about because he knows that they're, they're like listening to him. And uh, he said there's been a few times where he has uh, given uh, suggestions on how to do certain searches or, or certain things. And like almost instantly it's like, it's gone. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> someone's like, Oh God, we got to change this. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good well, podcast to, to check out. It's uh, with the OSINT privacy and security. Uh, Mike Bazell, it's a good one. So you just never know. And that that's kind of the wild West and the, the fun part, I think of doing this research, right? Cause uh, it, it's always a challenge, right? You've conquered it now, you know, not not anymore. <laughs> now you got to start over and, uh, and and find your way again, which is pretty neat. Right. There have been a lot of technique changes with how to save arc, save and archive information too. The, the sites 
they don't always make it easy because they don't want you to extract the content uh, from their site. But you know, it's it's an, it's important. And uh, and um, uh, Michael Bazell's uh, podcast and his books, and as you mentioned, are are, are great tools for um, you know learning how to keep up with all these changes and to and to adapt to uh, to different techniques for not only finding the information but saving it and archiving it. Yeah, I was having a conversation literally yesterday with an attorney on a case that uh, we're working on. And he's like, oh, yeah, I went to the defense uh, Facebook page and I like screenshot everything. So I'm good when I need it later. And I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) FYI, you know, like you're going to have some problems here. You really got to make sure that you're you're archiving this properly, um, you know, or you might not be able to use it later. And, uh, and second of all, shame on you. You shouldn't be in there doing that stuff. <laughs> like, I know there needs to be, uh, <laughs> some separation there, buddy. So, uh, yeah, it was like an eye opener for her, for him actually, like when we were chatting, because he was like, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, uh, well now you do. <laughs> so let's leave it to the professionals. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was an interesting case. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, so what are some of the things coming down the pipe that you're excited about or, or uh, you think may be coming down in this next year? Better ways that we can um, communicate and share information and really have uh, resources where um, we can find out what other investigators are up to. Um, so, um, you know, one, one of the things that I've enjoyed over the last uh, the year or so is the investigators toolbox, um, because it's 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 a great resource where you can see what other people are doing, what they're what they're sharing, what tools they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I just I love learning what other people are doing because there are sites that I've heard of before and I've kind of saved in my brain. But uh, I hadn't you know thought of them in certain uh, use cases that other investigators have pointed out. So. I think that's a really great resource. Um, one of the other things too is um, looking more at how tools like browser extensions can help us in investigations. Um, there were a few new ones I learned at the Osmosis Conference this year um, for how to automatically reverse image search an image, um, how to archive and, and save a page, um, how to auto load things. So. Um, those you can find in Investigator's Toolbox and many other books and podcasts, just just uh, all these different browser extensions and add-ons and plugins that are coming out to make our jobs easier when we're uh, doing computer-based investigations. So as you mentioned, uh, the, the, uh, the, the reflex is to just cut and paste or to, or to screenshot something. But a lot of these tools coming out, I think, are really going to change the game in how we uh, save evidence, save digital evidence. Um, and conduct investigations so that we're 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 saving the important stuff. We're also saving the underlying metadata. Yeah. So uh, I'm very excited that um, that the the uh, industry is evolving in that way to to help make our jobs easier with those tools. Yeah, you almost have to become a computer expert to uh, really understand and, and grasp it, or you need to hire somebody like. Eddie, right? Like Nighthawk uh, strategies. And, uh, you know, you talk about the investigators toolbox. Um, th- thank you for that. And, you know, Eddie actually is, is a partner, uh, meaning that his business um, offers discounts to membership to use, 
him, right? So if you're getting stuck on some research and you need uh, a, a fresh set of eyes uh, to look at something, you know, you can go in and contact him um, via the, the, the partner page and, uh, you know, he, he'll give you a generous discount, which is nice. And, uh, you know, you go from there. And, you know, the other cool part about that, the whole idea with the toolbox um, is, you know, having... Uh, the ability to create your own library and that, and the research um, tools that you use. So you had mentioned that, Hey, you know, I've learned about all these things, these different sites and I keep them up in my head and, and do that. But uh, I don't, I don't know about you, but the older I'm getting, my head's getting full of uh, many different things. I'm starting to forget things. So being able to have a library where you, you put a research tool in there, uh, I don't need it today, but I may need it tomorrow, that type of idea, um, which was one of the things that we was really important to us when we were building it. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, you can save things to your own library. So there's times when I find something uh, uh, interesting, but I don't know when to use it or how I'm going to use it, but someone uh, shares an example and uh, it becomes really handy. So learning how other people are using tools as one example, I used federal election campaign records to yeah. skip trace. So yeah. that's that's one that was added to the toolbox. Eric Olson, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good tool. That's a good guy. So. Yeah, it's a really great place to look for alternative ways to use uh, resources that you've that you've heard of before, but using them in in different ways and applying yeah. them in different ways on your cases. Awesome. So I think we're going to wind down here. Um, Eddie, it's great having you on. I, I, I feel like uh, I can talk to you whenever. Um, you know, you're just such a uh, a good resource for uh, for doing this research um, out there. So um, Nighthawk Strategies is your business. Um, you can Google it and uh, get in touch with Eddie. If you're a member of Investigators Toolbox and you want to use Eddie, uh, go to the uh, Partner uh, Discounts and Benefits page, find Nighthawk Strategies and just click the Activate button. How else can folks get a hold of you? I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn under uh, Edward Ajab, or you can uh, visit my website, nighthawkstrategies.com. And my email is info at nighthawkstrategies.com. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for uh, tuning in. Eddie, thanks for coming back on here again. And uh, it's so great seeing you out at these events. I hope to see you again soon. Uh, I know I'm going to be in Florida in February. I'm not sure if you're going to that one, the Fappy, but I'll, I'll definitely be there. And uh, we'll go from there. So uh, everybody have a great week. Thanks for checking out the episode. And we'll catch everybody next week on the next show. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Big thanks to Eddie for coming on the show. Also big thanks to Crosstrack, Scope Now, PI Institute of Education, and JT Palmer. Please support our great supporters. And don't forget to check out the Investigator's Toolbox. There's now an app for Apple and Google. So take a few minutes and check out the website to really help boost your business and your research capabilities. Use code PIP201836 and save $20 when you join. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com and you can find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.